All right, well, let's take our Bible and turn to Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter number 3. And we're only going to look at one verse tonight, at least here in Colossians chapter 3. It's going to be kind of our text verse, uh, but uh, we're going to be looking at uh, Ephesians chapter 6 as well as we go through this message. Um, Colossians chapter 3. And uh, if you're able to, let's stand together. We read this one verse together. And I think we'll read it twice. I'll read it the first time. And then as we read it the second time, I'm going to ask you to join me. And we'll just uh, read it all um, since it's only one verse tonight. All right. The Word of God says in Colossians 3.20, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. All right. And all together now, ready, begin. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. All right. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the day and, and the service already. And uh, Lord, just the, the passion that uh, those men had in, in the Jim Elliott story, Lord, to reach those Aka Indians for Christ. And uh, Lord, the, the willingness to put their lives on the line to express the love of God to them is so inspiring to us. Lord, help us to be willing to take the gospel to those around us that doesn't require um, our, us putting our lives at risk. So Lord, I pray you'd uh, help us with that. But now, as we turn our attention to your word, I pray, Lord, you'd um, give us what we need tonight. I pray especially for the young people in here tonight that they would... They would capture the heart of this message and that they would apply it to their life and that you would uh, mightily bless them as a result. And we pray these things in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> All right. Well, in, uh, in Colossians chapter number three, just as a, a quick reminder, we have uh, been learning about the fact that as believers, we are risen with Christ. And as a result of that, um, we are to put off the grave clothes of the old man, put on the grace clothes of the new man, which uh, we see in verses 12 and, and uh, verse number 13 and 14, putting on all these things. Uh, verse 14, above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Uh, we talked about because we are risen with Christ, we are to also, um, it, it ought to be, um, evident inside of us as well, where we are to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. We are, verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in us richly in all wisdom. And then uh, we talked about last time we, um, we were in this passage, uh, we talked about Christian marriage and how um, the fact that we are risen with Christ ought to be evident in our homes and particularly within our marriages. And we, we looked at the different roles and responsibilities of both wives and husbands as according to the Word of God here in verses 18 and 19. And then, but now, uh, we come to children. And children who are saved, this ought to be different, uh, this ought to be evident, the fact that you are risen with Christ ought to be evident in the lives of children as well. And back in the days that Paul was writing, uh, not every child was obedient. And so for those children that had uh, been saved, and uh, the, the, he's explaining there that there needs to be a, 
uh, evidence of the fact that they're risen with Christ, that they're now um, in the new life with Christ. Now, again, as I said this morning, uh, one of the marks of the last days would be according to 2 Timothy 3.2. And uh, Brother Blake preached about the last days last uh, Sunday night, a little bit about how uh, men would be uh, lovers of pleasure. Um, and, and it says in verse three in ver- or chapter 3 and verse 2, Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents unthankful, unholy. So one of the marks of the last days is that children would not be obedient to their parents. And uh, sadly, we of course see that today, uh, no doubt. And in Romans chapter 1, as culture forsakes God and goes down the horrible spiral of sin, in that list of horrible atrocities uh, mentioned is that children would be disobedient to parents. Okay, so disobedience to parents is not just this minor thing that uh, we can gloss over. It's like, well, you don't get thrown into jail uh, here in America for disobeying your parents. So it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't make the nightly news. So we kind of yawn on it and almost tolerate it to the point where we see in grocery stores now where young children throw a fit because they don't get their favorite cereal put in the shopping cart. And they have a big temper tantrum, and parents are like, okay, okay, we'll get that in there. And um, there's there's not really that um, expectation of of obedience anymore. And we're, as a culture, kind of allowing children to be disobedient. And and that ought not to be the case with uh, those of us who are Christian parents. Um, And I'm going to get to the parents next Sunday night. So parents... You're not off the hook. You're off the hook tonight, kind of. Um, But next Sunday night, uh, we're going to talk to you uh, because here's the order, though, and it is interesting, okay? You would think that Paul would address the husbands first when he talks about the marriage relationship because the husbands are the head of the home. But, but in actuality, he hits on the, he hits the, not hits. Okay, that's a bad word. <laughs> that's not the best word to use there. He um, directs his attention first to the wives, then to the husbands. And then here, you would think he would talk to the parents first and then to the children but that's not what he does. He, he directs his attention first to the children and then to the parents. And then he continues this, this order as he goes down in, in, in the workplace. You would think he would talk to the employee, employers first because they're kind of the ones in charge. But that's not what he does. He hits the servant. Again, hits. <laughs> Poor choice of words here. I'm not on my notes. Um, he directs his attention first to servants and then to the masters. Okay. And uh, and 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 I was trying to kind of figure out exactly why, but um, he he just does that. So that's the order I'm going in. So tonight we're going to talk to the children. Now, let's take, uh, we're gonna, what we're going to do tonight basically is look at what the Bible says about Christian children, those who have been saved, those who have trusted Christ as their Savior, what, what God's Word has to say about Christian children, and the evidence that should be um, there in their lives within the context of the home. Okay, so here we go. Let's get into it tonight. Number one, let's talk about the expectation. The expectation. Um, verse 20. 
Very simple. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. And if you go back to Ephesians 6 and verse number 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother. All right, and this goes back all the way to um, the Ten Commandments. Uh, most of us would say the Ten Commandments are good and helpful and necessary and important. Well, one of them uh, is Exodus 20 in verse number 12. And I'm just going to go ahead and turn over there. And you can too, Exodus 20. If you're wondering where the Ten Commandments are in the Bible, there's a few places or a couple of places at least that they're mentioned. But Exodus 20 is the first place they're mentioned. Right? And... In the first, um, the first four deal with our relationship with God. In verse number one, or verse number two, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the, under the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. And then here's kind of the third one. Here's the third one, verse 7. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. And then the fourth one here, verse number 8, 9, and all the way down through 11 here, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do thou all thy work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, nor thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, manservant, maidservant, cattle, stranger that is within thy gates. In six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Okay, so those are the first four. Those all deal with our relationship with God. And then now in verse number 12, it deals with our relationship with others. And the very first one in that list is this idea of honoring mom and dad. This is directed to the children. Verse 12, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So the first one mentioned in the <clears throat> Ten Commandments that deal with our relationship with others is with the, in the context of the home between children and parents. So children, we need, and young people, teenagers too, uh, we need to remember that our uh, expectation is that we would obey and honor our parents. Um, and if, if your Bible is open here to Exodus 20, if you go to Exodus 21, so the very next chapter, and look in verse number 17. This is the expectation of God. God wasn't kidding. He wasn't joking about this. This wasn't a suggestion. These aren't the ten suggestions. This is the ten commandments. And you'll see how uh, serious God takes this. In verse number 17, according to the Old Testament law, He that curseth his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. pretty serious. I mean, this isn't just a little, you know, you're on timeout now. Um, this is uh, capital punishment necessary. Now, we're not under the Old Testament law in this scenario, 
um, anymore, and, and, and there's more we could talk about that. I don't want to get too sidetracked into that tonight, but I just want to show you that to say that, look, God is serious about children and young people obeying and honoring their parents. And I realize in our culture, it's, it's not expected as much as it used to be back in the day, back when maybe some of us who are adults were kids. But I'm telling you, God hasn't changed, and it's still serious and important to Him, and He still expects it. So, so young people, it's a matter of obedience to God, whether you're obedient to your mom or dad or not. Okay? So that's what I wanted to uh, just kind of convey here. Okay, so the expectation, here's what the expectation is. Going back to uh, Ephesians and Colossians, the New Testament, what are the two expectations? Well, first, we need to have the right actions, the right actions. And, and when we see the word obey, this means you simply need to do what your parents tell you to do. Whether you want to or not, whether you agree with it or not, whether you like it or not, you are to simply do what your parents tell you to do. And that's the right actions. So if your parents tell you to stop doing something, you need to stop doing something. If parents tell you to start doing something, you need to start doing it. And having the right actions, this is the obeying part. But not only having the right actions, secondly, we also need to have the right attitude, the right attitude. And this is where the word honor comes in. Okay? Um, let's say that this, um, th this book is on the ground. Let's say my parent, let's say my dad is here. My dad was here about a month ago. And uh, when I was a kid, if my dad said, hey, Eric, there is a... Uh, book on the ground, can you pick it up? And I sit there and I look at it. I'm like, yeah, there is. Can you pick it up? I don't want to do that. Am I being obedient? No. Now, am I being obedient if I do it this way? If he says, Eric picked up that, that book. Seriously? Well, you can't do it. You're too old to get down and get on your get, get pick it up. Is it that heavy? <sighs> Fine. <clears throat> I did it. You happy? Okay. Was I obedient? No, because I yes, I did the right action. I picked up the the book. I didn't have the right attitude about it. So young people, it's not just that you should obey. You should do so with the right attitude in an honoring fashion. Now, raising our children, we had a definition of obedience. Obedience means that we taught our children, okay, when we say you should do something, uh, when we talk about obedience, we mean it that has three, three aspects to it. It means that you obey the very first time you're told. Mom and dad shouldn't have to repeat it like you're deaf when you're not. Okay? Um, that you obey the very first time you're told and that you do it right away. 
that there's no delay because delayed obedience is really disobedience. But then also the third aspect is that you obey with a good attitude. Again, if you kind of start rolling your eyes and having copying this attitude, okay, this ceases to be obedience at that point. And if any one of those isn't checked, it was disobedience. And it got consequences. Now, we're going to get to parenting next week, but here's the deal. We weren't 100% uh, consistent with it, but that was, for the most part, something we tried. Now, young people, your parents shouldn't have to count to three to get you to obey. They shouldn't have to raise their voice. They shouldn't have to say your full name. We have a dog, and this is beyond me, but our dog has a first name, a kind of shortened first name, and then a middle name, and then, of course, she has a last name, Johnson. Okay, and when we get upset at our dog, you know what we do? We use her full name. It's, it's not Abby, it's Abigail, because that's her, that's her real first name. So it's Abigail Skylane Johnson. You come here now. Okay, your parents shouldn't have to. That's, I know that's kind of dumb to do with a dog. <laughs> but, but we do it. <laughs> but look, moms and dads, we shouldn't have to do that with our kids. And kids, your mom and dad shouldn't have to do that with you. It should be, Eric, can you please pick up that book? And it should be quick, automatic, and quick with a good attitude. Whatever it may be. Uh, by the way, they shouldn't also have to threaten consequences. They shouldn't have to say, well, if you don't do that, then we'll ground you or you're going to get spankings or whatever the case may be. They shouldn't have to threaten consequences. They say something, you should obey them right away the first time you're told with a good attitude. That's the expectation that God has for Christian children. Um, especially those who've been saved and arisen with Christ. Christian children, in a greater sense, are expected to obey and honor their parents. So there's an expectation. But notice, secondly, tonight, there is the extent is also referenced here. Okay, so the expectation is mentioned in, in uh, chapter 3 and verse 20, children, obey your parents. Okay, but then it says, in all things. So to what extent are children to obey and honor their parents? In all things. Now, obviously, I will just say this as one little exception clause and, and caveat. Um, if your parents are asking you to sin against God, um, your highest authority is God. But I'm looking at the people in this room, and your parents are probably never going to ask you to sin against God. Uh, so this is probably not going to be something you're going to have to deal with, okay? Um, but your highest authority is God, and if your parents do, um, any authority asks you to sin against God, no, you, God is your highest authority. But other than that, okay, you are to obey and honor your parents in all things. And this includes, but is not limited to, here's a list, your chores. Hey, Mark, it's time to take out the garbage. That's not the time for him to go, yeah, but 
I don't know, is that sin against God if I do those chores? No, it's not a, it's not a sin, I promise. Okay? Um, chores. And again, going back to the doing the right actions with the right attitude, the first time you're told, right away, not going, well, I'm in the middle of my video game, and I'm beating Luke, and, and, and I'm winning in hockey, and I don't want to quit. Um, I told you to go do the garbage. Let's not have a debate about it, see? And he shouldn't go, well, <laughs> that's not the right attitude. Okay, obey and honor is what's supposed to happen here. So, you are to obey and honor your parents in all things. It includes chores. It includes your wardrobe, what you wear. Your parents have the right to tell you what you should and should not wear. And, and I'm sorry, but... They're your parents. They're the authority. What they say goes. You can, you can fight it all day long, but we're, and we'll get, get into that in a moment. Um, but I'm telling you, it includes everything in all things. Bedtime. It's time to go to bed. Remember, uh, this happened uh, a while ago. Uh, some time ago, my daughter was spending time with my uh, wife's parents. They came to uh, visit us. Uh, this is back when we were in California, and they came to spend some time with us. And in that conversation, my daughter told my in-laws that she said, yeah, sometimes my daddy says bad words. And, and at that time, I was an assistant pastor. And so they're like, you know, they were kind of like just listening. But when she said that, then their ears perked up and they all of a sudden really wanted to know more. <laughs> so like bad words. Um, like what? Like what does your daddy say? You know, what does the guy who stole our daughter say at home? I need to know this now. I mean, it was starting to become like this panic attack that they were having. And she says, sometimes he says we have to go to bed. <laughs> and, in, and, and in her mind, those were not good words. They were bad words. <laughs> and so, yes, I have said some bad words in my day, um, those being one of them. But look, when, hey, when it is time to go to bed um, and your parents tell you to do that, obey. The first time you're told, right away, with a good attitude. All right? Uh, what about uh, doing your homework? Does that include that, all things? Yes or no? Okay, one yes. <laughs> it was from a mom. A homeschool mom. <laughs> that... Does it include who your friends should be? What about your media usage? Video games, TV, movies? Yes, it includes all things. And obviously the list goes on and on. Christian children are to obey and, and honor their parents in all things. The things they like and even in the things they don't like when they understand and when they don't. There was a missionary and his son who went for a walk in the jungles of Africa. 
And they did this, they did this every morning. Um, they went and spent some time together and enjoyed the scenery there in the jungles of Africa. Well, the boy was, was very young and, and uh, he was learning the principles we're talking about tonight and, and did everything that his father told him to do. Well, one day the boy decided to go ahead a little bit of his father and was playing in the grass uh, near, some near some trees when suddenly the father shouted for his son. And he yelled his name and directed him to immediately lie down. Well, this, this, this son didn't understand, but he had learned to totally trust his dad, and he decided that he was going to obey in that moment. The father then directed him not to stand up and come running, but to crawl out of the grass. And, and still, I mean, this was not something he'd ever had his dad tell him to do, but, and he didn't understand why he was asked to do this, but he crawled, started crawling toward his dad. When the boy reached his dad, he was greeted with a huge hug. And his father praised his obedience and told him what a good boy he was for doing as he had been directed. And even though he didn't understand why, he had done what his father had asked. The father then turned the boy around to show him why he was told to do all of these things. You see, above the area where he had been playing was a huge boa constrictor snake that would have squeezed the life out of him had he remained standing where he had been. Now, if that little boy was like a lot of little boys, he would have been like, I don't want to. Why? Oh, I want to keep going. But this boy did what the Word of God says here, to obey and honor your parents in all things. Okay, so that's the expectation. That's the extent. Let's look at number three here, the effect. Now, what happens when a child decides they're going to obey and honor his or her parents? What is the end result? What is the effect? Well, verse 20, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Here's three effects from Colossians 3 and also Ephesians chapter number 6 that we'll look at here. First of all here, God will be pleased. God will be pleased. Not only will obedience and when you honor your parents will please your parents, but, but more than that, it also greatly pleases the Lord above. When, when child, children, when you uh, obey and, and do what your parents ask you to do, guess what? It brings a smile to the face of God. He loves it. And you can please God. Uh, yes, there's nothing we can do to make Him accept us or love us anymore, but uh, according to this verse, we can definitely and indeed please God when children decide that they're going to obey and honor their parents. And what, a, what an awesome ability that that is, to be able to please God by simply doing what mom and dad say. That's kind of easy. And, 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 and I, I hope that all Christian children would want to please God, would desire to please Him. Uh, instead of going, well, look, I'm going to do my, what I want to do. Um, I, I would hope that every Christian child in here today, including adults, would want to please God. And one way to do that is when children obey their parents. 
Okay? Now, let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. So go back over to Ephesians chapter 6, and let's look at a couple more effects. When, when children decide that they're going to be obedient and honor with the right actions and the right attitude their parents, what can they expect? Uh, what are some of the effects? Or God will be pleased, but secondly, your life will be peaceful. Ephesians 6 and verse number 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So the Apostle Paul points out that in the list of the Ten Commandments back in Exodus 20 that we looked at a few minutes ago, not only is it the first commandment in relation to others, but it's also the first commandment that God gives a promise for those who obey. And what is that promise? Verse number three, that's twofold, that it may be well with thee, that thou mayest live long on the earth. Okay, so it may be well with thee, your life will be peaceful. They would be children who obey their parents uh, are going to just naturally be more happy, useful, and virtuous if they obey their parents than if they disobeyed them. It's just kind of a fact of life. Um, now, it doesn't guarantee that there's never going to be uh, storms and difficulties and trials. In fact, all of us have those that come into our life. But this is a promise of God, and I'm not sure exactly how it all translates for every child and, and how it, what it looks like for every child. But if I was a kid, I would want it to be well with me, not the opposite. I would want my life to be peaceful as I look ahead to my life, not um, constantly in, in trauma and difficulty and always looking over my shoulder and wondering when I'm going to get caught and, and all of those things. So your life will be peaceful. And then thirdly here, your life will be prolonged. Your life will be prolonged, in verse number 3, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Again, I, I, again not everybody who um, decides to be obedient. I know some obedient children who died young because of the, just God's plan for their life. And, and I know some... Some kids who were disobedient who lived a long life. But, but generally speaking, this is a promise of God here. This is a, uh, a general promise to encourage obedience and honor. Okay? Now, here's some things Albert Barnes wrote about this, and uh, I thought what he said was good, so I'm just going to kind of read it here. Um, he said, Long life is a blessing. And I, and I realize that we live in a sin-cursed world, and it's difficult out there. It's a hard world out there. I know that. But, but long life is a blessing. It affords, uh, Barnes says, a longer space to prepare for eternity. It enables a man to be more useful, and it furnishes a longer opportunity to study the works of God here on earth. It is not improper to desire a long life, and we should make use of all the means in our power to lengthen out our days and to preserve and protect our lives and not look to escape this life. Now, certainly, I'm looking forward to glory and looking forward to being in the presence of God and 
uh, loved ones who've gone on before and all of that, but we, we should have a desire to be here. And Paul kind of had that perfect balance where he was saying, hey, uh, for to me to live is Christ, if I want to accomplish God's will for my life, but to die is gain. So either way, I'm fine. But, um, but we should have a desire here. And then number two, he says, it is still true that obedience to parents is conducive to length of life and that those who are most obedient in early life, other things being equal, have the best prospect of living long. This occurs because of a few reasons, okay? First of all, obedient children are saved many times from the vices and crimes which shorten life. No parent will command his child to be a drunkard, a gambler, uh, a pirate, or a murderer. But these vices and crimes resulting in most cases from disobedience to parents all shorten life. And they who early commit them are certain of an early grave. No child who disobeys a parent can have any security that he will not fall victim to such vices and crimes. So, and by the way, this is a little, I'm going to steal a little thunder from next week, but parents, it is right for you to insist that your children learn to obey now while they're young. Not because you deserve their obedience, but because you want the best for your child, don't you? You want to be well with them. You want them to live a long life and fruitful life. Well, the only way that's going to happen biblically is if you insist that they obey you. But when you don't insist it and you let them do their own thing and you let them live in their disobedience, you're ultimately harming them. Children need to understand that obedience does bring blessing here. Next, um, obedience to parents is connected with virtuous habits that are conducive to long life. Make a child industrious, temperate, sober. It will lead him to restrain and govern his wild passions. I, I know we live in a day where it's like, hey, I want my kid to run wild. You do? That's not going to produce godliness, my friend. Um, I want my kid to just be himself and, and have the ability to see the world and, and uh, go embrace everything he wants to and to be himself. That is scary stuff. Because I know me and my wild passions. God knows them better than I do. And I need some temperance. I need some restraint in my life. Even as an adult. How much more as a young person? And it will lead him to form habits of self-government which will in future save uh, uh, future life, save him from the snares of vice and temptation. So the things that he learns now are going to help him in the future. Next, many a life is lost early by disobeying a parent. A child disobeys a father and goes into uh, a dram shop. I had to look up what that was. I don't know if you all, am I the only one maybe who didn't know what that was, but it's like a bar. Or he goes to the sea and becomes the companion of the wicked, and he may be wrecked at sea, or his character on land may be wrecked forever. Of disobedient children, there is perhaps not one in a hundred that ever reaches an honored old age. And then, fourthly, he mentions here, we may still believe that God in His providence will watch over those who are obedient to a father and mother. 
If he regards a falling sparrow, according to Matthew 10, 29, he will not be unmindful of an obedient child. If he numbers the hairs of the head, according to Matthew 10, 30, he will not be regardless of the little boy that honors him by obeying a father and mother. So trust the Lord, and you're doing this as unto him anyway. Uh, let this be um, something that you do as a gift for the Lord in, in your love for Him by obeying and honoring your parents. Now, I do need to mention that just as there are wonderful promises of blessing for the children who obey and honor their parents, there are also consequences for those who don't. So, if we go down through these, if you obey your parents, God is well pleased. If you don't obey your parents, guess what? God is not well pleased. You miss out on an opportunity to please the Creator God. And you forgo that opportunity in that moment. God is not pleased. Your life will not be peaceful. Your life perhaps will not be prolonged. In the Old Testament, here's, here's a, a pretty stern warning. Deuteronomy 21 and verse number 18, If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto them. I mean, they, they try to discipline him, and he just doesn't want to hear it. Verse 19, Then shall his father and mother lay hold on him, bring him out unto the elders of his city and unto the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of a city, This, our son, is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. All the men of the city shall stone him with stones, that he die. So shalt thou put evil away from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. That's how it was dealt with in the Old Testament. I kind of wish we would bring that back. Now, I'm glad it, we didn't bring it back when I was a kid, <laughs> when I was a teenager. <laughs> but I think it would do America very well to bring this back. Uh, we took corporal punishment out of schools and many homes and even Christian homes uh, do not do corporal punishment. And it is harming culture in a major way. Proverbs uh, 17, I'm sorry, 17, verse 25. The foolish, a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her that bear him. You don't have to be obedient, but I'm telling you, if you do, it's going to bring tremendous grief to your dad, and it's going to bring tremendous bitterness to your mom. And that's not cool. Proverbs 30, in verse number 17, here's another consequence that's mentioned. The eye that mocketh at his father. Okay, your dad tells you to do something and you just like roll your eye. You don't care what he has to say. He's just kind of like this old fuddy-duddy, bald. He doesn't know anything. He's not hip. He's not cool. The eye that mocketh at his father, and when mom tells him to do something, he despiseth to obey his mother. Here's what the Bible says, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out. 
and the young eagles shall eat it. I'm not sure exactly how, what that looks like, but again, if I'm a young person, I'm not going to want to mock my dad. I'm not going to want to despise to obey my mom. I'm going to want to obey and honor them so that I do not deal with the consequences because God does deal some of the some of the judgments that God does. I again, there's we can't know the mind of God and why he does everything and and in every situation know that it's God's judgment for certain things, but I would say there is a lot of things that take place in people's lives because of judgment that is going back to their childhood that they failed to obey their parents. Again, I, I don't know circumstances and situations, but I would not be shocked if, that, if we get to heaven and find out and, and figure out what God had, why God did things, if He lets us know. And we'll be like, wow, um, amazing. And, and here's the deal, kids, children. You need to learn how to obey and honor your parents now. Why? Because guess what? When you graduate high school and move out to college, it's not like you're going to not have any authority in your life anymore. You're going to have a different set of authority in your life. But now the consequences aren't going to be spanking and grounding and taking, getting your phone taken away and losing your car for the week. Now it's going to be losing your job. Now it's going to be perhaps losing your freedom. If you say, you know what, I don't need to listen to cops, they're stupid. They're just a bunch of pigs. You have that attitude, guess where you're going to find yourself? Inside a beautiful cell. And you're going to lose your freedom. And again, with the uh, promise here of prolonged life, and the opposite is true, uh, perhaps even uh, some would uh, um, lose your life, end your life prematurely. And by the way, also this, uh, need to understand this, um, one day, you, young person, are going to be in a position of authority, uh, in a position of authority yourself. One day you're going to be a dad. One day you're going to be a mom. One day you're going to be a boss. One day you're going to be in a place of authority. And, and the Bible has this little principle called, you reap what you sow. Now, I think that every adult in here wishes they could go back and change some things because they maybe have reaped some of the things that they sowed when they were younger. I know we have. Um, for example, when I was a kid, I was maybe two or three or four years old in that range. Probably, I think, two and a half is what my dad tells me I was, so I'll, I'll, I'll believe him. Um, my parents were out in the backyard, and they were looking in the backyard to decide what they wanted to do to re-landscape the backyard and, and do some things. And so they were having uh, mom and dad, you know, no kid allowed, uh, meeting outside. Well... I was inside, and I had been learning at that point how to lock the sliding glass door. And so they were outside, and I, the door was closed, and I went over to the lock, and I was like, let me see if I can try out my newfound knowledge. And so I locked the sliding glass door. I think I, I pushed the lever up, 
and it locked. And then I just waited. So I waited for them to finish their conversation, and they came back to the uh, uh, sliding glass door, and they were fully expecting to open that door. And they, it didn't open. They tried it again. I think my mom went, and she was like, uh, Gary, um, I think Eric locked the door, the sliding glass door, and we can't get in. And so he comes over, and he tries it, and, and, and it was locked. I did it. I learned how to lock the door. The problem was I didn't learn how to unlock it. <laughs> um, but my dad was trying to teach me from the other side of the door how to do this. And I had a stick in my hand. He said, hey, Eric. And he's trying to be all positive and help me to do this. Get, the, get this stick and, and put it in the top and try to pull it down. And I tried, and I didn't have the strength or really kind of knew what he was talking about. And uh, it was kind of cool, though, for a little while. I was, had the house to myself. I was home alone, you know. I was like, man, this is going to be great, you know. Then I realized I can't, I can't reach any of the food, so it's not that great. Um, so, well, so that happened. Um, we fast forward a little bit of time, and we have a child named Seth. And my wife is home with him. I'm at work uh, about 20 minutes away, and I'm working, and uh, my wife leaves Seth in the house, and she goes out to get the mail. Very common occurrence. She goes back, and the door had closed, and guess what happened to that door? Somebody locked it from the inside, named Seth. My wife thankfully had her phone in her hand when she went to go get the mail, and so she calls me and she says, she knows she knew about the story I just shared with you about when I was two and a half years old. And she says, why am I reaping what you sowed? <laughs> says, I think you're going to need to come home and open the door. So uh, I realized that I, uh, she was reaping something that I had sown, so I had to go home uh, and, and, and take off and go open the door for uh, my wife because I had a key. Um, well, and then there's one other uh, instance when I was younger, uh, and I've shared this story with you, how when I was sixth grade, I wrote on the school wall, and my, my friend, he wrote a bunch of different lines, but, but me, I only wrote one line, one line. It was literally about maybe this long, and that was it. Uh, well, the next day... Um, you know, the, the janitor's there, and he's like, does anybody know who wrote on, on the wall over here? I mean, it's got all these pen marks. Who did this? And I looked at it, and I completely forgot until he asked that question, and I was like, oh, yeah, I know who did that. And I took the janitor over to my good friend John, and I'm like, he's the one that did it. <laughs> I'm such a rat. <laughs> well, then John ratted on me in that moment. He's like, well, you did some too. I'm like, ah, bro thought we were friends. I was the worst friend there. Anyway, we both spent the rest of the day scrubbing that wall. And I thought, okay, well, that's, that's a lesson I learned. I thought, okay, well, I don't need to reap anything else. Well, we had Seth. And uh, we waited until about five years old. And Seth learned in school. I mean, he was learning all kinds of things, and he learned how to write his name. And he also knew how to write his name, and it says S-E-T-H, 
And then he, he completed a full sentence. I-S, so Seth is, and then he wrote the number five. Seth is five, because he was five years old at the time. He wrote this thing everywhere, on every paper that you could imagine. He wrote it on his bed frame, but then the worst is he wrote it on our Toyota Previa minivan using a nail. He carved that, yes, so, oh, he's back there. Everybody look back there. <laughs> Well, guess what? I was reaping what I sowed earlier on. So, young people, the choices that you make, one day you may f face that within your own children. And uh, so, you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. You get what you grow. So, grow obedience and honor. Last thought here, and then we'll wrap it up. Fourthly, the example. In 1 Peter 2.21, we are told, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. And as we study the life of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we know that he wasn't always just a man. And of course, the bulk of the Gospels record the time when he was about 30 till when he was 33 and a half and crucified and, and then risen. But if we go to Luke chapter 2 real quickly, Luke chapter 2, of course, is the um, passage on when he was born. But at the end of chapter 2, it fast forwards to when he's 12 years old, when he's still a young man. And, and in fact, um, in verse number 40 of chapter 2, it says this, the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. The grace of God was upon him. Verse 41 says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. When they had fulfilled the days, they returned the child tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and, mother, um, and his mother knew not of it. So, again, they had gone to participate in this uh, feast, uh, the Passover, and then they, with I'm sure a lot of other, you know, like, the neighbors and everybody else who came up and, and family, a large group, and they're, they're making their way uh, back, back to uh, Nazareth. And they kind of assumed that, you know, Joseph thought, oh, Mary knows where uh, Jesus is. And Mary thought, well, I'm sure Joseph knows where Jesus is. Well, neither of them knew where Jesus was. So it's a bad day when you lose Jesus, okay? <laughs> It's a bad day in parenting. It's a bad day in, uh, uh, and, and, and yeah, there's stories about that when we have left our children somewhere um, at church. Um, anyway, but uh, verse 44, they supposing him had been in the company when a day's journey, so they keep walking. They thought he was there in the group somewhere, and they sought him among their kinfolk. They started kind of worrying and like, I, I haven't seen Jesus in a long time. Let's start making sure he's with us. And uh, good idea. And they start asking around, and, and um, nobody's seen him. In verse 45, when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem. They're like, and <laughs> I, I don't know if it was anything like what it would have been for Julie and I, but the look that Mary must have given Joseph when it was like, you know, it's time to go back, and you know I, I don't know the looks on their faces, but I can just imagine mine and her Julie's face, like 
you know, you, you lost, you lost Jesus. <laughs> like you, just, you lost the Messiah. This is not okay. Um, and and I'm kind of bringing humor into it. I don't think that they were laughing at all in that moment. Uh, well, verse 46, um, they came to pass after three days, they found him finally in the temple. I mean, those three days must have been panic city. I mean, can you imagine not knowing where your kid is for three days? Um, that would uh, be very traumatic for many parents. Um, I think it would be kind of cool. Like, really? Um, just kidding. Okay. Um, but they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. His mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Of course, his father was God the Father, not Joseph. Um, and so he says in verse 49, How is it that you sought me? Which, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? And in verse 50, they didn't understand what he meant by that. But verse 51, notice this. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. He was subject unto them. He obeyed his parents. And worth noting, Joseph was his stepdad. Technically, Joseph was not Jesus' real dad. God the Father was his real dad, his real father. And yet Jesus was still willing to be subject and submit himself to Mary and to his stepfather, Joseph. And notice this in verse 52, Jesus in those days increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So, Young people, if you're looking for an example of how to be a child, look no further than the Lord Jesus Christ, because he was the perfect child. And he was willing to submit himself to his parents and obey and honor them. And he was also, by the way, submissive to his heavenly father as he went through his earthly life. Uh, John 17, verse 4 says, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Remember this morning I spoke about when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, how he was willing to obey even though it was a tremendous sacrifice. So, young people, can I encourage you to follow the steps of Jesus, be obedient to your own parents with the right actions and with the right attitude. And let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together tonight and for the opportunity to speak to the younger people here at Cornerstone, for the children for the preteens and for the teenagers. Lord, help them to realize that um, you gave them the parents that you gave them for a reason. And no, they're not perfect, but Lord, help them to still obey and honor as unto you in all things because it is well-pleasing to you and um, it will bring a peaceful life and a prolonged life. And God, I pray that you would help these young people today, tonight, to decide that they're going to be obedient with the right actions and the right attitude towards their parents in all things. And the things they want to and agree to and the things that they don't, please, Lord, help them to make that decision tonight and to keep it as they go home even tonight and as they go through this week. Help them, Lord, to be obedient and honoring children towards their parents. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.